This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor, I just play doctor online, and this is the first Dimland Radio of the year 2018. Can you believe that? We've gotten, we've made it to 2018. Uh, it's, uh, it's surprising how, they, how true it is when the old folks used to tell us when we were kids that you know, time goes a lot faster as you get older. I mean, it, it, it's, it's true. It's like, didn't this year just start? And, well, obviously, yes, this year that we're in right now, 2018, yes, it just started. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, 2017, didn't this year just start? And uh, long-time listeners to my show will probably recall, or might recall, if you were paying attention, which you should be, uh, that I, you know, about my resolution-making each year, and I make the same resolution each year. It's the same one. And as I say each year when I talk about it, uh, I, one of these years I'm going to break the resolution. Thus far, I've made it each year. I've I've held I've I've upheld that resolution each year, and uh, and and it is simply this: to see the following year. That's right. So when it was turning, you know, it was back in New Year's in 2016, it was turning into 2017, I said to myself that I made that resolution, okay, here's to seeing 2018. Uh, let me make it to 2018. Well, I did. I mean, it's 2018. It's, uh, it's uh, what, January 5th as I record this. It's the 6th as you listen to it if you're sitting there in the chat room. Hello to uh, Trisha, who's usually there, and sometimes Molly's in there, and maybe some other people might be there, but usually just a couple of us, and we sit and chat, and we have a good time. And if you got nothing else to do on a Saturday night at 11 o'clock Central, why not go to ztalkradio.com, click on the uh, listen and chat option, and and join the chat room. You can do that. You can go in anonymously if you want, or whatever. Um, I know that sometimes these these chat room things don't work right. So if if you have a problem with it, well, you know, I understand you're not showing up because it's they get to be technically weird. It depends on your browser. It depends on how you've got things set up. I guess I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty much a luddite. So what do I know about this stuff? Uh, it's a it's it's amazing. I managed to be able to do this much of a show. Uh, pretty much on my own. My wife taught me a bunch of stuff about how to do it. <laughs> she's kind of worked me through it and got it figured out. Uh, and then all the tech stuff she she does because she she knows that stuff. She's good at it. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so uh, I made that same resolution this year. I will look forward to seeing 2019. I hope I make it. <laughs> uh, there uh, there is other resolution type things that I do I guess um, my wife for Christmas she got me some art supplies uh, she got me some ballpoint pens Bic ballpoint pen medium tip uh, that's what I like to use that's uh, my primary drawing tool um, and then she got me some other pencil leads and, and some other kinds of pencils to use uh, so I might try those out with an experiment here or there uh, And but she got me <coughs> one of those sketch pads that's uh, kind of fancier you know it has a almost like a book cover to it and she wrote on the inside cover draw every day and then put uh you know december 25 2017 
Well, um, I thought, well, you know what? I'll do, I'll, when it gets to be the first of the year, I'll grab the sketch, I'll start doing a drawing every day. Just a little something, a little sketch, a little something, whatever. Well, so far, <laughs> so far I've drawn once. <laughs> One day I drew something in there. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do it. It really is something I need to get back to doing is drawing. There's a portrait that I've been not working on for a long time. It's been sitting there, not advancing, because I just haven't been working on it. I need to carve out the time and do it. But yeah, when you work three jobs and I produce this show, uh, and then other things kind of get in the way, <laughs> um, it's it's well, yeah. I'll try not to make excuses. I'll just see what I can do to um, uh, do more art. I, would, I wanted to talk about guilty pleasures, uh, about the concept of guilty pleasures. Now, maybe this is just because, I don't know, I'm a nerd, <laughs> and, 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 and in this, the age of the nerd, the ascendancy of uh, nerds and geeks and that, um, it seems to have happened over the last 20 years or so, that being into stuff isn't embarrassing anymore. You know, if you're into cosplay, hey, that's cool. That's your thing. That's cool. You know, that's the, the attitude seems to be getting more like that. You know, that's what you you like. Okay, you're into that. Hey, that's cool. So this idea that there are guilty pleasures, maybe maybe that's lessening. But the reason it came up was um, I've been doing a 30-day movie challenge on Facebook. Uh, I did a 30-day music challenge, and as I was coming to the end of that one, I thought, I wonder if there's a 30-day movie challenge I could do. And so I did what I did for the uh, music challenge. I googled, you know, 30-day movie challenge, and these images came up, which you know show you 30 30 days worth of uh, of uh, of things that you can, you know, movie-themed stuff that you can answer you know, like you know the first one is day one is what's your favorite movie yeah it, it's it's tough it's tough to pick just one i picked uh the maltese falcon uh, the 1941 version i think it's the year 41 maybe something like that that's uh, humphrey bogart directed by uh, uh um john houston it's great it's it's great I, I really like that movie and then each day would have some other challenge to to come up to there were a couple where I decided to call an audible that I just I crossed out whatever it was because I thought I, no I'm not going to come up with one of these uh, damn you know well one of them would be the guilty pleasure I crossed that off because I I don't feel guilty about liking something I I just don't when I I mean let's say you're I don't know you're in your early fifties and uh, you like comic books. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's great. Why should you be embarrassed? It's just collect comic books. That's fine. Say you're in your early 50s and you like collecting old toys. Toys from when you were a kid. Toys you used to have and now you have again. Like you're buying back your youth one toy at a time. Hey, well that's that's terrific. No shame in that. What's it's what you're into. It's fine. Or maybe you're uh, in your early, say, 50s, and uh, you like ABBA, you know, the band, the pop group from the 70s and early 80s. What's so what? So you like them? That's what's not to like? Who wouldn't like them? Who could? I mean, something. You know, the people who don't like ABBA, they should feel guilty. Not those of us who do. And um, Yes, I know those three examples were somebody in their early fifties. I wonder who else is in their early fifties. Do we know of anybody, somebody that hosts a sh uh, internet radio show that turns into a podcast? Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I I collect old comic books, not as frequently as I used to, and old toys, and again, not as frequently as I used to. And I like ABBA. And I did this um, this deep dive on ABBA. A while ago, uh, through Spotify, all their albums are available. So I thought, 
hey, why don't I listen to each of their albums? It's because really, I, I know Abba Gold. You know that one? That that uh, CD that came out, I don't know when, but it's it's a, got a collection of their biggest hits on there. And and I might know a deeper track here and there, here or there from that I've heard from elsewhere. There's a, I think there's a two volume set of greatest hits, but Abba Gold has pretty much everything that those two volumes have. They might have a, another song or two like Ring Ring and uh, I Do I Do I Do, uh, you know things like that. Um, excuse me. Um, I so so I thought okay, you know I don't know too deep of the deep cuts. I don't really know all the albums, so why don't I give them a listen? And I found out something. You're pretty much okay just with Abba Gold. <laughs> Abba was not an albums band. They were a singles band. They put out singles. That's uh, and and they could do some really good ones. I you know, I don't know what it was about them. The 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 combination of the two women singing together, uh, Frida and Agnetha, Agnetha, I think that's how you say her name, or Agnetha, something. Well, okay, it's Swedish. Their two voices together, or the combination of the four voices from the band. You know, throw in Benny and Bjorn, and there's there's something there. There's they're well produced pop songs. Uh, the they're they're feel-good songs. Even their sad songs have a sort of joy to them, and they're up. You know, they're just upbeat mostly, and uh, they're just. They're, it, it's it's pop to its ultimate level, really. It's just that this is just straight-up great pop music, and danceable stuff, and fun stuff to sing along to, and it's just it's great. So I don't feel guilty liking them. But their albums, they, you know, I'm sure there are some ABBA fans out there who are hearing me say something like this and saying, what are you talking about? Their albums are brilliant. You don't get it. Well, maybe I don't. But, you know, ABBA's, so ABBA's worth it. Now, you would think that in my breaks I would have ABBA songs. I, I didn't put those in there. But, you know, I'm not going to be that predictable. But uh, yeah, you should, you know, if you want, you should check out some ABBA tracks on on the Spotify if you haven't. I think they're just really cool. I can remember being hanging out at First Avenue, and uh, they played an ABBA song, and boom, I was out on the floor dancing. <laughs> I was with a bunch of friends from uh, Wendy's back in the days when I worked at Wendy's, and uh, they played an ABBA song, maybe Dancing Queen or whatever, and out I went, you know, and it's great. So. I have been. I'm going to keep talking about uh, music now uh, for this beginning segment here. Um, I've been obsessing about this one song that I discovered this week. A song that I had no idea existed, and it just when I found out about it, it was, I was a little surprised. And then when I heard it, I was. This is wow. Uh, this is really catchy, and I've listened to the song. I don't know, at least half a dozen times a day since I've <laughs> since I've found out about it, and I found out about it last Tuesday. Uh, it's a song called "Peppermint Lump," and it's by a, an artist named Angie. Uh, it's it was released in 1979. And I found out about it. Uh, there's a there's a particular artist, musical artist, that I am a fan of. And I uh, um, there's a Facebook fan page for this artist, and I am I've liked that page, and I and I hadn't checked it out in a while, so I would ah, go over this page and see what's going on, and start scrolling through. And usually people post pictures of the artist and and uh, or or video clips to songs of theirs and. And you know, and ask questions to the group. You know, what do you think is their best song, and that that kind of thing. And uh, I, I was scrolling through, and somebody had posted uh, an image uh, that had the uh, uh, a picture of the sleeve cover of a four a seven inch forty five single record. Remember those? Are you old enough to remember those? That was released in nineteen seventy nine. And there's a picture 
uh, on the front of it. You know, it says peppermint lump, Angie, and there's a there's a picture of uh, of a of a girl dressed in a school outfit with one, like that straw hat kind of thing that they I don't know the kids would wear, and she's leaning against a tree, and she's she's apparently she's 11 years old. I, I found out more when I found some information about this song, and standing next to her, leaning on against the tree, is the artist for whom this this fan page was dedicated, or to whom this fan page is dedicated. And if you know me at all, if you've listened to the show at all, you know who my favorite band is. That's right, it's The Who. And you know who my favorite songwriter is, uh, and performer as far as, you know, solo guy, Pete Townsend, you know, he's with The Who. I just, I, you know, I... I, t- I do talk about them somewhat frequently on this show. I try not to do it all the time. I don't want to be too annoying, but, you know, it's my show. I can talk about what I want. And Pete Townsend, apparently, oh, well, obviously, once you hear it, once I played the song, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's got Pete Townsend all over that song. Uh, it, it's the, the song is about, again, it's Peppermint Lump, and Angie is the name of the girl who sings on the song. As I said, she's 11 years old. I guess her name is Angela Porter. She was an, a child actor, singer on British television back in those days. Worked with uh, Trevor Horn, apparently. This, uh, there's not a lot of information about this song out there to find. And you know, I thought I knew maybe not everything that Townsend had done. Not, not intimately knew everything he's done. But I would know of the work he's done. I mean, I, I know that uh, a couple years ago he put out, uh, he worked on this thing called Classic Quadrophenia, which is uh, it's a, a, a re-recording of their the Who's greatest album, Quadrophenia, but this time using an orchestra and an opera singer to do some of the main singing parts, and Pete does some stuff, and just you know, just reworking this project in a in a symphonic sort of way. Uh, and I know that he did that, and I've heard some of it. It's not, I prefer the original album, but um, I was aware of it. And every now and then I see a, a song that's like an outtake or something from an album that he's recorded that I hadn't heard about before. And I'm not as surprised when I find those albums. Oh, well, those things exist. But this song just took me by surprise. It shocked me. I was like, what the, what, really? He's worked, he, what? Uh, with a, this 11-year-old girl? I would think I would have heard about this. There's, but there's no mention of it as far as I could see or recall seeing in any of the Who stuff I've read and books that I got about them. And I, This was completely new to me. Uh, I wish I could play the song for you. I can't. But um, I can on the show notes at dimland.com. You go to dimland.com, you click on the blog option, and you'll find the show notes for this show. Click on that, and you'll I'll link to the video, which I went to YouTube, and somebody there's a few people that have the songs put up there, and you know that's that's where I got the information about it. They say that uh, I found some other information about who wrote it. It's they say it's credited to a J Asher J as in letter J. Asher, and they, they speculated maybe that means Jane Asher. And I, Jane Asher, there's a there was a famous Jane Asher who was a, a, an actor, um, but she, I didn't think she wrote songs. But she was engaged for a while to Paul McCartney of the Beatles. Uh, but I don't I don't know if that's her. I I don't know if if Townsend wrote anything on the song, but there are indications in the, at least the chorus of the song that would say this is Towns, Townsend influence because um, the chorus of the song is uh, Don't You Worry, Be Happy, Peppermint Lump. And that's that Don't You Worry, Be Happy is right out of Townsend's uh, spiritual leader's vernacular uh you know this the, the the quote that he's most famous for saying don't worry be happy uh that's that's mayor baba he's this eastern metaphysical mystical spiritual guru guy that townsend apparently found something in his message and followed this guy and his teachings and the guy took like like uh, i don't know if he would he took a vow of silence didn't speak for 
decades or something, 20 years, something like that, and was going to speak. He had let it known. He would write and all that kind of stuff, and he'd always end anything that he'd write with Don't Worry, Be Happy. Yes, the Bobby McFerrin song was influenced by that. Bobby McFerrin saw... The uh, saw a poster that was a, a, a Mayor Baba thing and saw the phrase, don't worry, be happy, and he thought that was great, and he turned it into that song that was both fun and incredibly annoying at the same time. <laughs> it, or it got to be really annoying because it got played uh, 300,000 times a day on the radio station, uh, you know, just one station every day. Oh, oh we got to play it again. So, you know, you would couldn't get away from it. Uh, and so it makes me think that, well, Townsend might have had some influence in writing that. He certainly worked on the music. I took, I, once I found out about the song, I brought, uh, I brought it up to Amy, uh, and I, I, my wife Amy, and I said, here, just listen to this. I didn't let her let on who was part of it. I just said, listen to this. See if you can identify the musician that's involved in this. And, well, she knows I'm a big Who fan, so she probably had a little bit of a leg up. But started playing the song. It starts off with this real discordant kind of a screech right at the very beginning. It's real quick, and then it goes into this synthesizer rolling, repeating kind of a thing going. That's that's Townsend. And then in comes these power chords. And with it, by the time she hears the first power chords play, she says, well, that's Townsend. <laughs> so it's very identifiable. I'm telling you... I've, I've, I have obsessed with the song all week long since finding out about it. I think it's a really catchy tune. The vocals for the little girl are, are a, bit, a bit on the weak side. They're not great. And the lyrics are a little odd. It's about their dad waking up in the morning and coming downstairs. And sometimes he smiles and sometimes he don't. Uh, it's, 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 I don't know... It's somebody on on YouTube had commented if the Who had recorded that they could hear Daltrey just rocking the heck out of those lyrics and hear a Who version of that song and which could be done but I'm telling you just as the song is uh, it's it's I think it's great <laughs> Townsend could really write a catchy tune he really could and uh, I, I'm not sure if he wrote the song, if he just produced it and played it, They say he played most of the interim instruments on it. He does backing vocals for it, but there are other singers singing back there too. And it's just its a fascinating little thing, and I wonder how it got by me. I don't know. But I, what I'm not going to let get by me is my first break of the night. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio uh, at uh, ztalkradio.com. And um, I will return after this break. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? Okay, I have something here. It's, it's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I gotta tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And, uh, well, I won't, uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're gonna hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, 
I think that was clear as day. I heard, well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread trout clear as day. Ooh, creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Isn't that a lovely song? That was Don Williams' I Believe in You. Uh, I love Don Williams. Um, again, I don't know the deep cuts on his albums, but you know, country artists weren't exactly deep cuts guys either. <laughs> uh, but uh, he was just so good. And I don't know if I knew this. I, I didn't remember hearing this, but uh, just the other day uh, I was going through the dead celebrities for the year <laughs> and I, apparently in September he died I, I, I don't, and I went upstairs and I said to Amy, because I had to high five her of course, because we high five, high five each other every time a celebrity dies it's just something we do and and it's just celebrities, not you know family members, that kind of thing that would be in poor taste, but a celebrity <laughs> come on, high five Anyway, um, I went upstairs and I asked her, I said, do you recall Don Williams dying in September? And she said, no, I didn't know he died. So we high-fived and, and it all was better. Um, anyway, I just, yeah, that was weird. I, I had no idea that he had died. Um, when you're a skeptic, as I am, and you're on social media. You find yourself wondering how in the hell yeah on Facebook, how in the hell did I get to be friends a Facebook friend with this person? Because that person is posting stuff that's not skeptical. Oh, they think they're being skeptical. That's they're the conspiracy theorists. I've talked about conspiracy theorists in the past. There's a there's something about them. They think they're skeptics. Uh, they're not, because they're not willing to uh, change their mind should the evidence go against them. And that's something skeptics need to be able to do. They need to be able to, um, you know, when presented with proper evidence, good evidence, contrary to what they already believe, they need to be able to say, huh, oh, what's wrong? Huh, well, I'm changing my mind. Uh, that's not easy. You know, it, it, it ain't. It's because it's you know, we tend to do something that's you know, like confirmation bias. Even skeptics got to be aware of that that happens, that, that we tend to, that we as in human beings, when we find an opinion that, uh, or a study, or some scientists on the internet that uh, agrees with the position that we hold, we think, aha, well, there you go, I'm right, see? When that one scientist might be the only one out there that agrees with you, and all the rest of the scientists thinks that one science is a crank, a scientist is a crank, and you shouldn't, you know, he's probably wrong. Uh, it, and, and you're probably wrong, too, for you know, uh, believing whatever you're believing. And conspiracy theorists 
they find them that's what they do they they and i have uh apparently a facebook friend that thinks that 911 didn't happen the way it happened he thinks it was there was far more more uh of a deep conspiracy on that day than the conspiracy of the 19 hijackers and and the help they got from al qaeda and uh, Osama bin Laden to carry out that those attacks on that day. Uh, he, 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 I mean, that wasn't the conspiracy part of it. Yeah, there was, but it wasn't that the somehow the World Trade Center was rigged up to uh, have a controlled demolition. Uh, that you know that for that day. Uh, it's, it's it. Well, it looks like a control. You know, yeah, it looks like it. That doesn't mean that it is, and 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 conspiracy theorists will look at 9/11, and they'll think they're being skeptical because they're not accepting the standard model explanation for what happened that day. You know, two planes crashed into the World Trade Center towers, a plane crashed into uh, the Pentagon, and one crashed out in a field in Pennsylvania, and they don't want to accept that. Uh, they they don't they they can't it's hard to believe that 19 guys could have caused the damage that was caused that day just just as they have a hard time believing that that uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald one little man insignificant fellow was somehow able to kill the most powerful man in the world and they just it just it can't be that's too small that's too small of, of, of a cause it has to be bigger there has to have been more planning there has to have been a deeper conspiracy in there and believe it or not from what I've been learning about conspiracy thinking there's a comfort in that there's a it's easier to accept for some people that there's some deep, deep, dark conspiracy, some shadow government, some you know these groups of Freemasons and Bilderberg people and and Trilateral Commission and the Jews, you know they all get together and plan out the world. There's an XK XKCD uh, car, uh, comic strip that's just words and it's. Uh, uh, whoever I can, whoever produces that, uh, just wrote up an open letter to all these groups that are thought to be running everything, and essentially says, "Would you please get your shit together?" <laughs> you know, if you're trying to create a new world order, or whatever it is, you know, let's go here. You know, get your shit together. Let's get it going. I, I think I've said this before on the show. You know, these conspiracy theories. This isn't new. This is I, I I can imagine a couple of guys working Egyptians working on the pyramids, saying you know the pharaoh really isn't in control. You know it's really a group of uh, you know priests or whatever that are running everything. And he's it's it, it, it's there's I'm sure there's conspiracy theories going back there and and you know, it's, that didn't really happen that way. It's what this is how it happened, and they think they're being skeptics. And when you're a skeptic, as I am, sometimes you find yourself wondering, is this the battle I want to get into right now? Is this what I really want to do? Am I going to make any difference here? And so somehow this, this one Facebook friend I have is somehow... We, I accepted his offer for friendship on Facebook, and uh, you know, I, again, I'm assuming he he thinks I'm a, uh, or, well, he's a, he thinks himself as being a skeptic, and I must be a fellow skeptic. So obviously, you know, may well at least perhaps maybe he feels that I would agree with him that the 9/11, you know, be skeptical of the standard model explanation, even though they do not do not present any positive evidence that points to anything other than what actually happened that day uh and he because all what they do is they they they, they post stuff that's well he this particular posting he put up was uh, just this incredulous idea that this small amount of jet fuel and they show 
you know, in comparison to what the, the size of the towers are, how this could destroy these towers. You know, and and what was written by the guy or somebody else says, I'm not buying it or something. And I just and I and I stepped in a little bit, and I I said, uh, Well, I buy it. <laughs> and then I had a couple of people come after me through it, and then you know throw a bunch of stuff at me, long long paragraphs. How do you explain this? What about this? You know all this stuff, and and I said whatever. <laughs> and they said, oh well, you know I already don't like you. You're short answers. You know why you got short answers? Because you can't you can't answer this. You can't explain this stuff. What you know? And it's just again I wanted to say whatever, whatever, but I did step into it. And I should I and I did expect to have stuff come at me, and I, and I actually did write a longer response than whatever. And I was going to post it right in there, and then I thought about it. I thought, really, is this what I want to do? Is it going to make a difference? Maybe. Maybe to somebody looking on the outside at it, maybe. A fence sitter, maybe. But not to the person that's posting this. But what I, I did write something, and I wanted to read it to you guys, uh, of what the response I had. And it's also it's a little bit snarky, I'll admit it. And I thought, yeah, that might not be the best way to go. But I, I wrote it up, and... Uh, you know, they were saying my, my short answers were because I couldn't explain it or because I had nothing better to offer, whatever. Whatever. I'm short because it's pointless to waste my time with you. You are more comfortable living in a world of grand and deep conspiracies. Chemtrails, fluoridation, toxic vaccines, suppressed cures for cancer, the New World Order, ancient aliens, and on and on. Believe it all, it gives you comfort, and it makes you think you have special knowledge. You're our hero, or you think you should be. Never mind the counter-arguments and the evidence aligned against your theories. Keep searching for those anomalies. Building, Building 7 was heavily damaged by, the collap by a collapsing World Trade Center tower and was ravaged by uncontrolled fire for several hours. But what's-his-name said pull it, so it must have been controlled demolition. The two towers began to collapse right where they'd been hit by the planes. But some janitor said he heard explosions before one of the towers came down, and we can see puffs of smoke coming out of the towers ahead of the falling floors in the news footage, so it must have been controlled demolition. The standard model explanation disputing whatever conspiracy theory you hold doesn't comfort you. It doesn't make you feel special. But conspiracy theories make you feel special, because the anomalies you choose to rely on make you feel as though you know something we sheep don't know. You're a hero. Dislike me all you want, but after all, I could be a disinformation agent. You can't prove I'm not. I, I, you know, I wrote it, and I looked at it, and I thought, would it help to put this up there? It does come across a little snarky. It does. But it is true. There is... It, there is something that they, they think they know something that the rest of us don't know, and they, they want us to know it, which I guess is somewhat admirable that they, look, I really think this is happening. I, I, this, this, this is really happening. You should know this. We should stop it from happening. It's, it's kind of like the, it's, I guess it's a little bit analogous to if you see somebody stepping off the corner and a bus is barreling down at them and you don't reach out and pull them back. I mean, you know, what kind of a person are you? I mean, if they really believe that all these forces are aligned against us, we should know about it. We should root this out and stop it and and have a perfect world. I I, I guess. I, I'm not sure to what end, but I don't know. So I decided uh, I didn't want to die on that hill, so I didn't post it. What I did post was uh, that XKCD uh, comic strip. There's another one that uh, the guy did. I'll try to find him and post him, or at least links to him, or post him on the page. Um, there's another one where uh, it's uh, a conspiracy theorist is talking about how the jet fuel wouldn't burn hot enough to melt the steel. 
and it's like it's it's got two stick figure guys talking to each other and the, the conspiracy theorist is saying that it you know wouldn't burn it burned hot enough to melt the steel and the other guy instead of being the anti-conspiracy theorist guy the skeptic uh, using the standard model explanation no this guy decided to say well you know those those jets were filled with tanks with the uh, with the chemicals that they that they put into the chemtrails and who knows how hot that stuff burns and the other guy says oh you have a point there and then the caption says something about that uh, guy takes it it's a hobby of his to mess with conspiracy theorists to mess with their heads so I'll you know that would I, I contemplated putting that one up but there but I decided to just put the one where you know get your shit together and and uh, left it at that they did reply a couple guys replied and it's I whatever guys you're not you know you're not presenting me with good evidence. You're just presenting me with, with uh, personal incredulity. I can't believe this could all happen here. This is not possible. It's that, so it must be controlled demolition. It must be a deep conspiracy. It must be the Bush administration set this up ahead of time. It must be. Because I can't think of how two jets would be able to bring down those two towers. I can't think of that. It's, I, I can't believe that. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take another break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Have I got the right thing set up? Yes, I do. Oh, hey, look, it's Pete Townsend. He's going to tell us to keep working. I was digging in the yard today when a letter came from Southampton Way. Keep on working, keep on working. I must admit, I was a bit in the red. You listen when your body says, I'm tired, or I'm hungry. What if your body said something else might be wrong? Gynecologic cancers, cervical, ovarian, and uterine cancers have symptoms, so pay attention. If your body says something may be wrong, please listen. Learn the symptoms. Get the inside knowledge about gynecologic cancers. A message from HHS and CDC's Inside Knowledge Campaign. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for... It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that, because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi, B, Jane Goodall, C, Albert Einstein, or D, Snooky? This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network.
And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I almost said Z-Talk. Because you know those folks over there in the British land? They say Z instead of Z. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what's the story there. Anyway. Uh, apparently, people out in Oregon have... Uh, uh, their government has decided that uh, um, that the people, drivers of cars, can go ahead and put their own gas in their cars. They don't have to have full-service gas stations. They don't have to have an attendant come out and fill their tank with gas. They They can do it themselves. Which, really? <laughs> what? Huh? You mean they didn't before? What the hell? I guess there's an, another state in the you know these 50 states of these United States that that doesn't do the uh, doesn't allow the drivers of you know you know private people to get out and pump their own gas. And that's New Jersey. It's the other state that doesn't allow it. I'm not sure why. I guess there's reasons, but. But uh, for the purposes of this little talk here, I didn't go into a deep dive as to why they wouldn't want people pumping their own gas. I've heard some complaints that, uh, from, or from uh, some concerns of people in Oregon. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to smell like gasoline. I'd go out and pump my own gas. Really? <laughs> and you know, and and I guess the internet had some fun with these Oregonians and they're just now getting on board with everybody else in the country because the other 48 states all have that, you know, you can serve yourself at the gas station. Just, you don't need to have some person come out and put gas in for you. Come on. Do it yourself. What's the problem? <clears throat> anyway, so the internet's been having fun with those folks and a Facebook friend and a, a member of the Minnesota Skeptics uh, she put up a, a joke picture with the funny phrase on it relating to this and this is an example not uh, so much of you know how dopey the people of Oregon are or how strange this is or anything you know about that not that people of Oregon are not dopey they're just like anybody else they just haven't been pumping their own gas until now and uh, and I guess it, it started at the beginning of the year so this was apparently on January 3rd this this image came out and uh, it, it shows a, a, a rather skinny <laughs> young woman um, Pumping her own gas, and uh, and and she's, uh, she, you know, and and well, she's pumping her own gas, right? And the uh, the caption says, uh, "Day three of Oregon gas pumping crisis. Thirty-seven percent of vehicles inoperable after filling up with green, quote unquote, gas." And I I read that, and I looked at this thing, and I thought, I green gas. What the hell is this about? And I got to tell you, I wasn't hip to the Oregon gas pumping thing at that point. I, I didn't, I hadn't heard anything about it. And I, I was, I, I wasn't hip. I, I, yeah. So I thought, so I Google uh, Oregon gas pumping, you know, gas or green gas, and I didn't, I couldn't find anything about green gas. I was, I was, I was thinking, what the hell, green gas? What do they mean by that? Is it like clean coal? Which you know. Coal isn't clean. It's you know, whatever, but it's, it's is that what they're is that green gas? What the hell is green gas? What is that? And so so I in in all innocence wrote in the comments. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't I don't get what this what's going on here. And um, she told me she's like I'm not going to explain it to you. <laughs> she's tired of explaining. You know, an, uh, having to explain another ga Oregon gas joke to somebody, and, and then she wrote Lasai, and I, I, I said, but I, 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 you know, I went on Google, I start looking around, I start checking into it, and trying to figure out what does it mean. 
I don't get this. Green gas? What? Why would... Huh? Are they running out of gas? What? Are they doing... I don't... And then it hit me. Now, I will post the picture on the show notes page. Again, that's at dimland.com. Click on the blog option. You'll find the show notes show notes page. Well, by the way, how about giving me a like on uh, uh, a good rating, I should say, on uh, face, uh, on iTunes, you know? Give me a good rating and a nice review. That'd be cool. Five-star rating, huh? Maybe. And uh, give me a like over on the Dimland Radio Facebook page. I'm sitting at 191. Let's see if I can get up to 200 before the end of this year. Huh? That's a goal. There's a resolution. Anyway, so I looked at this picture, and it finally struck. It finally got through this thick skull of mine. The color of the handle for her ga- the, the, the gas pump. That the, the you know they put the little spigot into the car. The color of that handle is green. It's got this rubbery cover over the handles of, of these you know the gas pump filler end of the hose thing. It's green. It finally hit me. And then I wrote I put in the comments I got it <laughs> diesel. So what this is suggesting is that. 37% of vehicles that are inoperable after filling up with green gas are these people that are going to the pumps and filling up their gas tanks with diesel when they're not driving a car that's meant to get diesel for its fuel. See? <laughs> and it took, it took me looking at that picture and noticing, oh yeah, the handle's green. That's, oh, I get it now. Oh, I'm a little slow. I'm a little slow sometimes. But then I was thinking, you know, in my pedantic nature, I'm, sur- surely some of these Oregonian people have gone on trips outside their state. They've driven to Washington, maybe. Washington State. Or down to California. Come on, they've never pumped gas at a gas station before? I mean, I guess that 37% of those vehicles, I, of course, this meme could just be pulling the 37% out of its ass, just, just saying it because they're making a joke. But if this is to be taken literally, those 37% of those vehicles are owned by people who have never left the state, never driven out of the state and had to fill up with gas anywhere. I mean, come on! You gotta have some experience working at another, doing that, don't they? Okay, I got time for uh, three cool things uh, of the past week. Except, <laughs> cool thing number three um, actually happened the week before. Uh, I, you know, it's my show. I can, yeah, but it was cool. Uh, number three, Stan Lee, the Marvel Comics guy. Uh, turned 95. He had a birthday. He turned 95 years old. Now, Stan Lee is a little bit of a complicated fellow. I don't know. If, I don't think I talked about this last week. I hope I'm not repeating myself. Uh, I will link to a blog that I did uh, a week ago Thursday, um, the last the, the the last Thursday at the 28th of January. Uh, no, the 28th of uh, December. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that that was his birthday. Uh, I, I wrote um, a blog piece uh, for the Warehouse Fine, which is the official blog of Nostalgia Zone, the comic book store that I work for. And I had uh, some friends give me you know, a paragraph or two of their impressions of Stan Lee, what, they, what he means to them. And, and, and uh, we, uh, when I wrote the piece, I wanted to make sure that I um, balanced it with, um, you know, with a an honest viewing of the man stanley he's he, he you know there was some some shady kind of stuff you know he, he takes a lot of credit or at least seems to take a lot of credit for the creation of all these characters in the world of marvel comics when boy he sure had a lot of help from artists like jack kirby and Steve Ditko. Those guys really created the look of the characters and and I've even found some stuff that's uh that uh, you know Stan was writing these comic books and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko they were drawing but I found some 
comic historians have been talking about how, well, the way Jack Kirby would work with Stan, Stan would give him an idea. He, and he might be as simple as saying to, to, to Jack, I think this month uh, the Fantastic Four should fight Dr. Doom. And that'd be it. And then Jack Kirby would go away, and he'd sit down, and he'd draw 20 pages, and he would have ideas for dialogue that would go into it, and he'd write that in the margins of the page, and you know, he'd just he'd set everything up, and then he'd hand it off to uh, Stan, who would take the original art pages and look at the notes that, uh, that Jack had given him about the story, what he thinks the story should go, and how the dialogue should be, and... Stan might use his ideas, and he might not use his ideas. Uh, but he would then write the story. He would just just look at the images and come up with the story and the dialogue and all that through, you know, what what Kirby had done. So Kirby's kind of writing by drawing, but he's also giving ideas for dialogue, and so that's you know, you know. But um, anyway, so so Stan's a complicated guy, but the one of the biggest things of his genius. I talk about this in the blog. First is the the prolific creation of these characters and the world that they inhabited. Again, there could be more credit given to Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, but still, um, Stan had certainly had a hand in it. And his other bit of, of, of genius was that he wanted his characters to be relatable to the readers. He, he didn't want, you know, when, when Superman and Batman aren't out being super and they're being Bruce Wayne and, and well, uh, and, uh, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, respectively, when they're out doing that, they're just, we, just, we weren't identifying with them as, as well. Uh, when Stan Lee came around, his characters had problems. Spider-Man had worried about doing homework. <laughs> you know, uh, it's so it, the kids reading the comic books in those days had they they could identify with these guys, and they saw that you know that they're that, that these superheroes had problems like anybody would have in their real life, and the fascinating villains and these great stories and fun, and they're a bit silly now when you look back at them as as older. But the third bit of Stanley's genius was that he was a great cheerleader for comic books. I mean, he was the promoter of comic books. I mean, think about a comic book creator. If you don't buy comic books, if you've never been a fan of comic books, and I were to walk up to you and say, hey, can you name for me a comic book creator? Chances are pretty damn good you're going to say Stanley. So, uh, number two of the cool things from the past week, and this one was this past week, X-Files Season 11 premiered on Fox. I missed it Wednesday night, but I was able to watch it online the next day. It's all X-Filey and pretty cool. So, um, uh, it, I, it's, it's a good show. You know, come on. And, uh, yes, it deals with a bunch of stuff that as a skeptic I'm not buying in the real world, but in a TV show, sure, the rules are different. And, of course, number one, Peppermint Lump. I'm telling you, that song just... I've I, 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 I obsessed over it the whole damn week. <laughs> I, I, you might hear it and be a little disappointed by it, but I just, it was like having a new Pete Townsend song, except he wasn't singing through the whole thing. It's just, it's so cool. I liked it so much. I was just so taken by that song. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. And I've come to the end of another Dimland Radio. Boy, I was a little sweating on this one. I didn't think I had enough to talk about. But hey, what do you know? I, I came up with enough. Uh, anyway, uh, be skeptical and that uh, you know extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And uh, uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Simmons, reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. And Happy New Year. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, well, I'm going, I'm going to hell. hell.